Hello and welcome to this edition of Banfrey's Occult, Season 2, Episode 6, for those who are counting. As usual in the Onfordons of Crosby, the weather was poor, rainy and maudlin, and there was a sense of sinking doom pervading the air. I decided to check my crystal ball for news of occult happenings locally. I am, of course, a regionally based occult maestro and tend to concentrate my activities within a radius of ten miles from my flat above Odbins next to the Berkey pub proximatus to Crosby village. Upon staring into the crystal ball, the veil began to part. For me, the crystal ball is like a television or a smart device for you normal people. Although I do watch Strictly Come Dancing and the Antiques Roadshow, I've managed to fiddle my crystal ball so I don't have to pay my TV license, but don't tell anyone. Having tuned out the background noise of the voices of the unhappy dead and the various demons and ghouls that are ponking around in the airwaves locally, it was with regret that I heard a familiar voice calling out in distress across the astral plane. It went something like this. Oh dear, I've really done it this time. I'm in a right pickle. I'm afraid you must come to Hightown on your broomstick to help your old pal Monte. It was, as you have guessed, our old friend, the troubled antiquarian, Montague Rhodes Jism, who appeared to have got himself into some sort of fix. Bunny, cloaks on, broomsticks, we're off to Hightown, to Ipsissimus House. Monty's got himself in a bit of a hole. Right here, Bumfrey. Let's do it. And with that, we're into the air and off to Hightown. And there's a marshy, strange little place that sits out on the coast. It only has one shop, and it's only claim to fame, if that is a claim at all, is that it is home to a military rifle range, and the sound of a machine gun and mortar fire is a constant. We arrived at Hightown in good time, stopping briefly on the way in a ditch to save a frog who was being attacked by a troll. Trolls do like to eat frogs, but I like frogs, so the troll didn't stand a chance. We parked up the broomsticks outside Ipsissimus' house, Monty's crumbling family pile that sat out on the marshes. The door was open. Things looked awry. 
Being well aware of Monte's rather left-field sexual proclivities and practices, we thought it best to head up to his bedroom to see where he was, and our suspicions were confirmed that the problem that had occurred was indeed of a sexual nature upon entering his boudoir. For there, strung up by his ankles and literally swinging from the chandelier, was Montague Rhodes' jism, the troubled antiquarian. Let me take a moment to describe the scene as we saw it. Monte was hanging from his ankles from a velvet rope from the chandelier, his hands tied behind his back with black ribbons, a stocking over his head, an orange in his mouth. <laughs> he appeared to be wearing some sort of cockering device which left him hugely erect and in a preapic state, unable to get rid of his erection. His erection was then trapped within a watermelon, which had had a hole <laughs> dug into it. The watermelon <laughs> had upon it a photocopy of Dale Winton, now deceased <laughs> supermarket sweep, presenter's face, appeared to be some sort of erotic aid. <laughs> Added to this, <laughs> the nose of a cucumber <laughs> was visible from his anal cavity. There were much discarded paraphernalia of drug usage, including a large amount of sachets of Viagra, ecstasy, cocaine, and ketamine strewn about the place. We began the rather lengthy and laborious process of getting him down safely. A stepladder was needed and a number of cushions we got him onto the bed and eventually took the stocking off his head and the orange out of his mouth. We would deal with the other items in a moment. Oh dear, Monty, what on earth have you been up to? I heard your distress call on the crystal ball. This really is the limit, old boy. Well, I was in a library. Yes. And I came across a codex, a sacred text. What was it called, the sacred text? It was called the Demonologica Sexiologica Erotikarkakokoko. Right, bit of a mouthful, but do go on. So anyway, I am... Um, came across a passage. A passage? Yes, whereby, if I adopted a certain amount of spells and things, well, I'd be able to summon numerous succubi. What? Succubi? Say it again. What succubi? 
Just slow it down a little. Fuck you, boy. It is the floor, the Latin floor of fuck you, buff. Fuck you, buff. Oh, oh, okay. Succubus. You mean a female sexy demon that comes to you in the night and does all kinds of naughty things. That's it. Fuck you, buff. Fuck you, bye. So one wasn't enough for you, eh, Monty, old boy? Well, as you can see, I got a bit carried away and decided to summon numerous succubi. Succubi, yes. And I ended up in this state. They were, they were a lovely bunch of girls, but obviously there was a bit of drug and drink usage, and uh, I ended up, well, upside down from the chandelier. Yes, and there are other problems to sort out. We've got the orange out of your mouth and the stocking off your head, Monty. But there remains other issues. Well, yes, indeed. I could do with some sort of blood thinner for the boner. Yes, I've got some of that. Let's see if we can prize off the watermelon. Dale Winton? Well, I don't know. He just popped in there, you know. And we went on the internet and <laughs> we said to copy Dale Winton's head. It seemed like fun at the time. Right. We managed to prize the watermelon off Monty's cock and cut off the cock ring device. We allowed him to, pl to apply some Volterol to his chumescent direction and gave him some warfarin to thin his blood. Things, thankfully, started to calm down, and we no longer had to avert our eyes. There did, however, remain the problem of the cucumber, whose nose was peeping out of Monty's bottom. <laughs> Who knows how long and girthy this cucumber was, or indeed if it was a cucumber. Being a high-ranking warlock mystic maestro, I was not going to extract a large vegetable from Monty's bottom. That task fell to my underling, Bunny, and he wasn't best pleased, as you can imagine. It was a tricky operation, and he had to go to the garden shed to get a number of tools before <laughs> the largest cucumber you've ever seen was revealed from Monty's bottom. One can only presume that he would not be able to shit right for at least a month, and there was no chance of us ever accepting a cucumber sandwich from Monty again. As Grandpapa Bumphrey used to say, life is like a cucumber. One minute it's in your hand, the next minute it's up your ass." Monty was advised by the pair of us to keep his addictions in check. Tune in for the next exciting and hopefully less disgusting episode of Bumphrey's Occult. Bum 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 b